Welcome to the Faith to Change Your World broadcast with Brother Chidi Aiko. Revelations chapter 5. I read from verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to lose the, the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, <coughs> was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open the book and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, <clears throat> the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to lose the seals, the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of others, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to open the book. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation <clears throat> and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice what is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them and I saying blessing and honor seated up and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever. <clears throat> May the Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. I'll take it again. And I saw in the right hand of him, Revelation chapter 5, from verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. 
And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, saying, Who is worthy to open this book and to lose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open the book and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, every one having of them harps and golden vials, which are the which are full of the orders, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts, and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousands, and ten thousands, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, What is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that seated upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever and the four beasts said amen <clears throat> and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever so jesus as we can see in in revelations 5 12 died to receive power riches wisdom strength honor glory and blessing and I know in previous teachings I have told you and all believers across the bo- across the globe, those in the body of Christ must know that we were slain with Jesus and we rose with him. We were buried with him and we rose with him. And this is very important. We know that when we partake in water baptism, we demonstrate that we were buried with Jesus and we rose with him. But what does the Bible say? Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 6. I read from verse 3. The Bible says, And know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So when we do water baptism, this is what we are trying to demonstrate, that we were buried with Christ 
and we rose with him. We rose to walk with him and to walk in the newness of life. So in this new life, we are not anybody. We are called heirs. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. In Romans 8, 17, the Bible says that we are heirs of God and joint heads with Jesus. This is very important. This is very important. It, it, it is then amplified in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says that we are the lawful owners of everything. And this is made possible because Jesus is the lawful owner of everything. And so we reign with Jesus. We reign with him. In Galatians 3.29, the Bible says that, And if we be Christ, then are we Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In Titus 3.7, we must know that the Bible says that we are justified by his grace. And because we are justified, we should now become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we are co-heirs with Jesus. We are co-heirs with Jesus. And so everything that he received in Revelation chapter 5 verse 12, the power, the riches, the wisdom, the strength, the honor, the glory, and the blessing we received with him. We received with him. So strength is our inheritance. In the previous part of this series, I had spoken about power, riches, wisdom. And today we are looking at strength. Strength is our inheritance. In the body of Christ, as believers, we must know that strength is our inheritance. The word strength in Revelation chapter 5 verse 12 comes from the Greek word iskos. It comes from the Greek word iskos. And this can be interchanged with supernatural ability. It can be interchanged with supernatural ability. It can also be interchanged with power. But the iskos that we are looking at here specifically is the kind of iskos because already we are treated power. So for the Bible to mention power and also mention strength, then it means that the part of the iskos that God is talking about here is the supernatural ability to do things that are beyond our natural capacity. It is to do things that are beyond our natural capacity. So this is very important. Iskos is our inheritance. It is the supernatural ability of God and it is our inheritance. Supernatural ability and supernatural capability are inheritance. This is very vital. This is where faith comes in. All our lives as believers is not supposed to be based on something that we can do. Our life is not supposed to be about doing something that we can do naturally by ourselves. With our own human strength or with our own energy 
and knowledge. This is not what our life is supposed to be about. Our life is supposed to be about that supernatural ability. So, at some point in our life, we should be able to do something that we naturally cannot do. At some point, the supernatural ability of God is supposed to flow through us. It's supposed to play in our situations. We are supposed to do things that ordinarily we know that we cannot do. And when you have done something that you know that you cannot do ordinarily, then it means that you are working in that supernatural ability of God. His cause is our inheritance. The supernatural ability of God is our inheritance. And this is a very vital force that will make a difference in the life of a believer. So, how would I like to define his cause? I would like to define his cause as the super that is put upon our natural ability. And it makes us extraordinary to our world. It is God's capability in us to function effectively. So, when we begin to see that we are just outwardly demonstrating God's ability, we do some things and people begin to imagine. That's, that's basically when you get to, when you do something and people are asking you that, ah, is it you that do that thing? You that achieved this thing? Wow. You that did this? Wow. That's when that supernatural ability is playing in our lives. So, when we have seen the force in the life of a man, and that man, we can tell, is not doing this thing by his own human efforts. When you can look at a man and you know that normally you cannot achieve this, but you are achieving this because there is a force inside of you. You are achieving this because there is this grace, there is this power, there is this ability that you carry on your inside that is making all the difference in your life. And this is basically where God wants us to get to. The level in life where we know that we have a supernatural ability in us. And that supernatural ability in us can make the entire difference in everything that we do. A supernatural ability can keep us at the realm where we should be in life. If you only want to achieve things with your own human effort, you will die and leave the earth without achieving anything tangible. You will never achieve anything tangible if you are doing everything with your own human effort. But if you can depend and rely on the supernatural ability of God, then you make all the difference in your world. So, we all need his cause if we must be a wonder to our world. So, any man who wants to be a wonder to his world must then make use of that innate supernatural ability that God has put inside of us. So, there is this power, this supernatural ability that God puts in every man to do things that are not possible in the natural realm. And that's why Jesus said in the book of Mark chapter 9 verse 23 that if we can believe all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, the things that are possible are not just any kind of things. They are the things that you normally cannot do. But if you can believe, they will be doable. Why? Because you have inside of you that supernatural ability to make it happen. 
So if we want to be a wonder to our world, then we need ISCOs. We need that supernatural ability to become a wonder to our world. It must be seen in our lives. ISCOs must be seen in our lives. And that's why every time God wanted to do something with people in the scriptures, he did something with people that were naturally not able to do that thing. If God will use a man, if we use a man that is rejected, that is not seen as anybody in the society. Why? Because that man is the man who will tone down his own ability and embrace the ability of God. And the only way you can make it in life is to use the supernatural ability of God. Gideon. In Judges chapter 7, we know of the story of Gideon. Let's turn there with me. Turn there to, to, with me. The book of Judges chapter 7. I read from verse 1. Judges 7. I read from verse 1. Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people who were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Harod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them, by the hillside of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into thy hand. The Lord said to Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me. Who is going to fight the battle? Gideon. But the Lord is saying, you have too many for me. Why did he say you have too many for me? Why did he say that? He was saying that because he's telling Gideon, you are not going to do this war with your own ability. You are going to do it with my own ability. And if it is my ability you want to use to win this war, then you have too many people for me. I don't need 32,000 soldiers to fight these people. Meanwhile, you must remember that the Midianites were about 135,000 soldiers that were willing to raid Israel. They were ready to fight against Gideon and the soldiers. And the Lord saw 32,000, which is even not even up to a quarter or less than the, or a bit above a quarter of the number exactly. But the Lord is saying, you have too many for me. Why is the Lord saying you have too many for me? Because you don't need your own ability if you want to get my kind of result. So every time God wants to use a man, he is going to use a man that has decided that the world can laugh at me. Oh, the world can say that I am foolish and I am mad because I don't know what I am doing. But if I can depend on the ability of God, then I will make the difference in my world. So, the ability of God is what you need to depend on. And so, when I realized that, I decided not to even mind what people say about me. I decided not to focus on what they say about me because I know that at some point in my life, my own ability would not matter any longer. It will be the east course of God in my life that will make the difference. So, God spoke to Gideon and said, You have too many for me. In verse 2, Judges chapter 7, verse 2, God says, You have too many for me. Gideon, you have too many for me. And Gideon was shocked in the first place. But thank God for a man like Gideon who is not somebody who studied argumentative essay in school or so. 
Otherwise, you'd have been arguing with God and saying, God, ah, ah, these people have 135,000. We're even looking for more soldiers to add to the 32,000 we have to go and fight them. And you're saying we have too many. How do we have too many? But Gideon, at that point, God, what should you do? And God told him everything that he should do. And let's, let's read on so that we understand. Verse 3. Now, therefore, the Lord said to Gideon, proclaiming the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 20 and 2,000. So Gideon, as the Lord told him, Gideon came and said, Okay, so if you know you are afraid, because God has said you have too many for me, so reduce them. And so Gideon came out and said, Okay, we know that you are afraid or you are scared. You can go home. And you see that of the people that were with him, that is 22,000 were scared. How come? 22,000 men were scared. And they went back home. And so the Lord is cutting it down. Cutting it down so that his ability can flow. See, what you believe causes the ability of God in you to flow. What you believe. And Gideon believed the words of God. And when God told him that, he did what exactly God told him to do. And in verse 4, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Now it's remaining 10,000. But the Lord is still saying that it is still too many. Gideon, you are still having too many people for me. Oh, this is a powerful message. You must remember, you must play it over and over again. So that you know that every time you achieve something in life, it is not because of your own human efforts. It is because of the ability of God inside of you. God was saying to Gideon, you still have many more people for me. I don't like this. Reduce them. And Gideon did not argue. He took the next step. Verse 5. So he brought down the people unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall thou set by thyself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that laughed, putting their hand in their mouth, were only 300 men. But all the rest bowed down to drink their knee, uh, uh, their, to, to drink upon their knees. They, they, they bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 that laughed, will I save you? And deliver the Midianites into thy hand, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. So the people took victuals in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of every man unto his tent, and retained those 300 men, and the host of the Midianites beneath, was beneath him in the valley. Verse 9, And it came to pass in the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get it down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thy hand. But if thou fear to go down, Go thou with Fura, thy servant, to the, down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say. Afterwards, thy hand shall be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then he went with Fura, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were, with, that were in the host. Now, because of time, I may, I may not be able to finish reading that. But the Lord said, Cut these people down. For you to cut them down, look at the people that are lazy about drinking water. You want to drink water and then the ones that are agile and smart, they were lapping the water like a dog would lap the water. 
They were lapping the water like a dog would lap. But the other ones were going to first bow down and be drinking like lazy people. And they were like, the ones that are lazy, take them home. And the ones that are now like this, they are agile. I can use those 300. 300 versus 135,000 soldiers. It can only be by the supernatural ability of God for you to overcome these people. So when God says, go, do not think it is by your own human effort. When the Lord told Moses, go and deliver the children of Israel, what did Moses say? I am a man of staggering leaves. And the Lord said, who created the mouth? You don't need that. Okay, okay, okay. You don't, okay, you don't want to argue. You don't want to agree. Now go with your big brother mouth, Pharaoh, um, um, Aaron. And he had to go with his brother Aaron. But Aaron was even not needed in the, in, in, in the discussion. But the Lord only had to allow Aaron to go with Moses because Moses did not first understand that he didn't need his own ability to deliver the children of Israel. All he needed was the supernatural ability of God. So when Moses realized that it was the supernatural ability of God that he needed, then he started to perform. And he did things. He was then bold to go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, God says the God of Israel, let my people go. And he was born to confront Pharaoh at every point. Because he then realized that, oh, I don't need my ability in doing this. It is the supernatural ability of God that makes all the difference. Now, that supernatural ability is our inheritance. It is something that we received. We received it in God. We received that supernatural ability in God. So we are able to do things that we ordinarily cannot do. In your class, you should be the number one. Not because of your own human effort, but because of the spirit effort that you carry. In your workplace, you should have shine others. You might be in the least position, but you should have shine others. Even in prison, Joseph was outshining everybody. Why? Because he carried that supernatural ability of God inside of him. The supernatural ability of God will make all the difference. You, you are selling in the market. Your, your, your product should overshadow everybody. Because you are not doing it by your, it's not by your own magi or by your own, if you are selling food, it's not by your whatever you go. It is by the grace of God that you carry. That's the difference. That ability is the difference maker. And we know the rest of the story. What did Gideon do? Gideon defeated 135,000 soldiers with only 300 men. Because he decided to rely on the ability of God. 135 soldiers. He defeated them. Israel had 32,000. But God said, no, I need less than that. So we need more of God's ability than we need the help of people. How come, how come God told Gideon of 32,000, reduce them to 300? So it meant that over 29,700 people went back home. So God was trying to tell Gideon and to tell us present day believers that we need more of God's supernatural ability in us than we need people around us. So Gideon saw that and he walked with it and did God deliver the Midianites in his hand? Yes, but let me shock you if Gideon had gone with 32,000 logic would have thought that since he won with 300, he, he was probably going to even win very well with 32,000 but no, he would have failed he would have been defeated because the strategy 
of God's supernatural ability is usually different from the strategy of men. That strategy of God's supernatural ability is usually different from the strategy of men. So, what did God tell Gideon? Do it like this, and he did it. So, what did you take a picture? Take everything and go there. When you get there, break it. And let your people shout. And immediately, I started fighting themselves. And they started running a task scatter. Why? Because of the fact that God brought confusion in their midst. But Gideon initially was not confident about it. And the Lord said, okay, go to their camp. Go to the camp of the enemies. And here, he's dropped and know what they are saying. And they were already afraid before he got there. With only 300, they were already afraid. Because he relied on the supernatural ability of God. So, Gideon's exploit, you must remember, is possible because he relied on the supernatural strength of God. That's why it is possible. He did not rely on his own human efforts or in the number of people around him. It was on the supernatural strength of God that he relied. That's why it is possible. And then you hear people try to mock you and tell you, who are you, sir? Why do you think you can do this? Why do you think you can do that? Who do you think you are to achieve this? And what, what, why do you really think you can achieve this? People will laugh at you and mock you. But you know that the things you say, and sometimes you share your joy with people that will laugh at you and embarrass you. But the true thing about every dream and vision that comes from God is that it must be a million times greater than you. And it must be something that when you remember, it either puts a kind of godly scare in you or it makes you think big because everything God does is big. God is a big God. But he begins from the small part but he's bringing you from that small part to take you into the big. There's nothing small with God. So if you have a vision and it is mighty, that is God's kind of way. So Gideon, we see, relied on God's supernatural ability and he made a difference in his own life. Moses was able to deliver the children of Israel because he decided that, okay, okay, it's no longer by my own strength, it's by the ability of God. Let me just depend on it. So if you want to do yourself good, begin to make plans, not based on your own human ability, but based on the ability of God that is, that, that is inside of you. You are planning. Even down to your little plans should be based on the ability of God that is inside of you. Not based on your own human ability. Because human ability will fail. I can tell you. I can tell you. Because I've tried it numerous times. But human ability will fail and fail and fail and disappoint you. But the supernatural ability of God, which is, the, which is from the Greek etymology of Iskos, that sacred potent power can never disappoint you. How do you think David, how do you think he defeated Goliath or the lions or the bear? You think it was by his own human effort? You think David defeated Goliath or the lion? You think a lion, David, you see a lion and kill the lion? You think it was by his own human effort? No! A thousand times, no. David defeated those things by the supernatural ability of God inside of him. He defeated Goliath with the supernatural strength of God. 
that supernatural strength of God was in his life and he defeated Goliath. How did I know? Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, from verse, I read verse 17. Sorry, not 1 Samuel. Okay, yes. Uh, um, 1 Samuel, rather, verse 17. Chapter 17, rather. I read from verse 45. How do I know that it was God's ability that David depended on? In verse 45, the Bible says, And then David said to the Philistine, What did this Philistine say to him in verse 44? Then the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the earth and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. So you are coming to me with a spear, with a sword and with a shield. And those things are human things. They are the, your, all your years of training as a soldier. You have been a, uh, a fighter. And they say to scare David when he came, they told him, even the Israelite soldiers were telling him that he's been a warrior from his youth. So it means that from his youthful age, he's been training. Goliath has been training to be a mighty warrior. So he came to David with his spear, with his sword, and with his shield. But what did David say? David did not say that I come with you with my sling. He would have died a miserable death. But what did he say? David said, But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. So that was the supernatural power that I was coming with. I am not coming with this thing, oh. I am coming with the supernatural ability of God. So you come to me with a spear, with a sword. And if I were Goliath, I would like, Ah, no, 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 I know the fight again. I know the fight again. If I was Goliath, and I was spiritual. I'm like, ah, no, 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 please, I'm not fighting again. Because I can see that I'm using my own human strategies and you are using something even higher. The spiritual would always be higher and would superimpose the physical. So, David told Goliath specifically, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. But Goliath did not learn his lessons. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day, listen, I want to teach you one of the principles of releasing supernatural ability. One of the principles of releasing supernatural... How, how can you release it? It is inside of you. It is your inheritance. But how can you release this supernatural ability and make it come out from you? Let's learn from David. And this is what the Spirit of God wants us to see here. David said, This day will I deliver thee, will, will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee and I will take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air. And I will give their carcasses unto the wild beasts of the, of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. All the earth may know. Listen. 
There were five important things that David said. Five. Please count with me. What did he tell Goliath? Normally in this supernatural, in, in this physical realm, people will tell you, ah, if you are talking like that, you are boasting. But that's David talking to Goliath about the things that he will do even before he did them. So there were five important things that David said he was going to do. Five. Count with me. Verse 46. 1 Samuel 17, 46. So he said, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. One. He said, And I will smite thee. Two. And I will take thy head from thee. Three. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the earth. Four. And I will give the carcasses of the Philistines this day to the wild beasts of the earth. Five. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now, in calling forth the supernatural ability that is within you, you need to talk. You need to talk, faith talk. You need to talk like God. God's ability in us. So David had spoken. He spoke the things that he would do into existence. He spoke forth Goliath's defeat into existence. By his speaking, he released the supernatural ability of God inside of him. He released it. And verse 47, the Bible says that, And all the assembly shall know, David is still saying, And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with sword and spear, for the battle is not of the Lord, the battle is not, for the battle is of the, is the Lord, and, and not by sword and spear, the Lord will give you into our hands. So the battle is not by sword and spear, it is not by human natural effort, it is by God's supernatural ability. And he was saying all this. Goliath was not even understanding that this is not going to be an easy fight. Because he was so consumed in depending on his human ability, on his human effort. And it came to pass, verse 48. When the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, and David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistines. And David put his hand in his bag and took then a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell down to the earth and he fell upon, the fa- upon his face to the earth. His stone, the Bible says, sunk into the forehead of Goliath. So it means that normally stone, if you stone, no matter how big the stone is or no matter how small it is, if you stone somebody, it's supposed to just stay there and fall down. It's supposed to just hit and fall down. But this one, I mean, stayed there and was entering, was sinking into the forehead of Goliath. So that's for you to see that it is not specifically about the stone. It is about the power and the force behind the stone. It is about the supernatural ability that David had that, that David had released through the words that he spoke. So even if David had raped Goliath, you know the way you rake and you, you just erect somebody and he falls. Even if he had raped Goliath, Goliath would have fallen down and died. Any contact David would have had with Goliath at that time would have led to Goliath's death. 
Why? Because it was not specifically about what David could do. It was specifically about the power of God and what God can do. So, verse 51. Or verse 50 rather. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in his hand. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of, of the sheets thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistine saw their champion dead, they all fled. That's verse 51. Put your hand there. Let's go back to verse 46. In verse 46, David said this there, and I told you to note the five things that David talked. And I told you that the way you release the supernatural ability of God inside of you is by talking. Talking, talking, talk faith, talk, talking, talking, release the things that are in your spirit through words. Release them, talk faith, talk. David released this word and he said five things. He said, one, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. One, verse 51, did the Lord deliver the Israelites, the, the Philistines into David's hand? Yes, that's number one, achieved. Verse 2, he said, and I will smite thee. Did he smite him? Yes, that's number 2. He said, and I will take thy head from thee. Did he take his head from him? As you can see in verse 52, he said he slew him and cut off his head. So he took his head. So the first three things David said he was going to do with words, he did. You'll be like Jesus. You'll be like God. You'll be like our father who collect those things which be not as though they were. Romans 8.17 Romans 4.17 Very important. So, it's remaining two things that David said he was going to do. He said, I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the wild beasts of the earth. So, if you see verse 53 verse 52, the Bible says and the men of Israel, when they saw that Goliath was dead and that the Philistines were running away what did they do? They arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until they came to the valley and to the gates of Ekron and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way. Now, when you are pursuing people during war, I mean, in those days, their wars were through archery, through swords, through horse fights, through racings and everything. So you need to be smart. So when, when, when they were running away, there were archers behind shooting them as they were running away. There were those who were throwing spears to make sure that they killed one or to injure some of them. And these things happened. So the Bible said here that the wounded amongst the Philistines fell down by the way. So some of them fell by Sharaim and the rest started running, continued to run, continued to run. They were running for their lives and then the Israelites kept pursuing and then they pursued the other ones and got to Gath and the Bible said even unto Gath, it means it, some other people fell in Gath and then some other people still ran forward and still fell in the next place which was Ekron. So the Bible says that the Philistines fell down by the way to Sharaim, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. So they fell in these different areas. And so what do you think would happen? The wounded. When they fell, when the children of Israel saw that they had fallen and they, and they were wounded, in those days, you don't leave the wounded of the enemy. You kill them. So they killed all those wounded, so to speak. 
And what would you think, even though the Bible did not record this, that the the, 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 the bodies, the Bible says in verse 53, and the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tent. And the Bible did not record that the children of Israel took the bodies of the Philistines back. They don't need the bodies, so they left them there in the war front. And so the two things that David spoke about happened. There their bodies were left for the fowls of the air, and for vulture and all kind of wild birds to come and feast on. And there their bodies were left in those three different places. In Ekron, in Sharaim, and in Gath, their bodies were left. The bodies of the Philistines were left just as David had spoken. Just as David had prophesied. The wild beasts of the earth, there are animals that walk on the earth, like the foxes, the hyenas that could feast on dead bodies. They had to feast on those bodies. This is powerful. So the five things David talked, he did. Because he understood that the fight was not with his own ability. It was his, it is going to be with God's ability. God's ability is our inheritance. We must learn to rely on the ability of God instead of relying on our own human effort or in our own human ability. It was Kenneth Copeland who said something very specific and striking. He said the worst place to be in is in a place where you don't have to use your faith. Ah! powerful and i said whoa because if you are in a place where you don't have to use your faith you would only be doing the things that you can naturally do and you would have no need for supernatural ability and if you have no need to use the supernatural ability of god inside of you you would not live a life of purpose on earth and i was like whoa this is powerful i need to always be in a place where i can always use my faith ah powerful but there are people who will tell you ah you don't don't be don't put yourself under that kind of uh, place where you don't have where you have to be worrying yourself and be using your faith no stay in the place where you don't have Allah where you just stay and anything as if, if it happened if it happened if, no that's not the kind of life God wants you to live so be in a place where you have to use your faith why because to command the supernatural in your life affairs. To apply God's ability, you need faith. You need faith. We should be doing things and people should be asking, are you the one that did this thing? Wow, that's serious. That's massive. They should ask, who is organizing this massive crusade? Ah, are you the one? Wow, that's powerful. Ah, who, who, who is the owner of this company? Ah, are you the one? My God, that's huge. People should be amazed. If you must be a wonder to your world, then you have to do things with the ability of God. You have to use His course. The power of God must work in your life. It must work. God wants us to work according to His ability. And it is his ability that will do the miracle that we need in our everyday life. His ability. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The word might there, the word might comes from the same Greek word as, is, as the word strength in Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. It is the same East Coast 
and it means the supernatural ability of God. So, what the Bible was, the Apostle Paul is saying there is that be strong in the power of that supernatural ability of God that you carry on your inside. Be strong in the power of that East Coast that you carry inside of you. You get to a place where you know that even when something looks so big or so impossible, that ability of God inside of you can make it happen. I go to that place where I know, ah, no matter what it is, I can make it happen. So that's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. So that Christ that he added, not because he can do it with his own natural effort, but he can do it through Christ who strengthens him. The strengthening of Christ there is not any kind of strength, but he is cause the supernatural ability that makes you do all things. Powerful. Since I realized this, I chose to stick on doing the things that are powerful, massive, not things that me alone can do. I choose to do things that God and myself can do. I depend on his ability and not on my own ability because certificates will fail, knowledge will fail, human knowledge will fail, human skills will fail, but the things that God has deposited inside of you will never fail. So we must remember that God's ability is our inheritance. And if we must be a wonder to our world, if we must do the extraordinary on earth, if men can look and see if people would know you in all nations of the world, if people will come to celebrate the grace of God on your life, if they will celebrate your growth and your success and, and, and everything that God will do with you, you must be that person that understands and is giving to his cause. You must be giving to the supernatural ability on your inside. You must speak it out, call it forth and walk in it. This is how we can have the kind of life God proposed for us to live on earth. Our exploit will only be possible when we choose to rely on the supernatural strength of God and not on our own human effort. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed. We upload new messages every week to keep you inspired and strengthened in faith. Call us today on 0909-632-5899. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our channel. God bless you.